everybody to another episode of the Bird and East podcast, the first here on Anchor, uh, where uh, me, Solmoyle, do uh, talk about um, sport. We will be talking about the current events and breaking news, of course, in the NFL, uh, as well as we keep recap last week's action. We will also be talking a little bit more about some college uh, football coming up uh, as we do host to have this weekly. Um, give uh, you some insights on that, uh, their draft stuff, uh, the NFL draft coming up uh, in April as we get into the offseason. And then, of course, talk about the upcoming games and the playoff implications. We start tonight off Sloan. Um, first, how are you doing? How was your holiday? Was it good? It was fantastic. I, I really can't complain. It was actually – a cold temperature for once in the state of Texas instead of the, you know, 77, you know, 80 degrees that we've had in the years past. It was 15 down here for Christmas Day. Brutal. Yeah, it was Christmas Eve was like four, was like, I think we got to a low of 11. Mm. Been, I'm up here in Connecticut, which is much different, which is much different for you all down in Texas because you guys don't normally get that type of snow down that, not, not that snow but that type of you know bitter cold and everything where we're kind of used to it up here uh, but it was a fairly calm um it was a green christmas up here we still can't complain especially we did travel a little bit on christmas day so that's always nice and everything but it was uh, good and then, of course uh last week's game last week's games uh did help uh to calm the holiday mood of course 100 percent, 100 percent a couple of them didn't exactly have the Christmas outing they wanted. Now, I, th- I think there was a big lump of coal, of course, for the Denver Broncos. Uh, they get humiliated by that by the Rams. Um, it's definitely um, – I mean, that's why – I mean, there was so many reasons why the fire Nathaniel had it, but that was truly um, the nail in the coffin for him. Oh, yeah. You, you get 50 points dropped on you on a – not so much a primetime game, but it might as well have been because it was the only one on. I mean, for the entire nation to see, once it became a nationwide thing, like, wow, the Broncos are terrible. And this guy's not doing them any favors. Mm-hmm. You have no choice. You have to fire him. Yeah, there's some, there's some, you know, especially when you let Baker Mayfield and the Rams offense uh, you know, put up that type of number on you. Um, I'm sorry, but that is going to really screw – um, that's not screw any head coach or anything. Russell Wilson and that contract looked absolutely terrible. That was probably the worst contract in the league. And for once, the Rams actually ran the ball. Now, both of those teams are eliminated, so this game didn't really um, mean a lot. Um, other takeaways um, last week, um, to me, um, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are here. Yes. Um, they are now leading the AFC South. Um, they're a team that looked dead in the water last month. I mean, from mid-October, you find, all right, they're an exciting team to watch, but they're still a few years away. This team has arrived. Um, And I'm not saying that because they beat the Jets on Thursday night. What is what their improvement of work has been over the last month? It's impressive of what they're doing. If you look at their statistics as a team, their metrics scream a good football team. And I can say confidently right now, they're the best team in that division. And I think they have a chance to possibly win an upset for a playoff game, of course. Yeah, I think they'll definitely win the division at this point. The Colts and the Texans, of course, are eliminated. Um, The Titans have floundered 
Brian Tannehill had surgery on his ankle to play in week 18. I, I doubt that he's going to be able to, which means they're going to have to roll with Malik Willis, who has That's looked scary. terrible in both of his outings and who just comple- completely unraveled last week against an already banged-up last-place team. That's your team, the, te- the Texans. I mean, and, you know, to, to lose a game like that at home. Now, but when it comes down to it, both of these teams really don't matter. Um, it doesn't really matter next, uh, this week for the, for the Jaguars because uh, – well, it doesn't really matter for the Texans this week because they can lose this game. If they win – the ja- if they beat Jacksonville next week, they are the division champ. They are the division champion. Jacksonville actually, believe it or not, has an outside shot to make the wild card now. Even if they, um, even if they don't win the division, they need some help. But they can still get in without winning the division, which is crazy to me. Yeah, it's really weird because looking at their record, they're still not a winning team. And with no. how competitive the AFC has been this year, it's really top heavy. The AFC is top heavy. It's it's more top heavy this year than it has been in a long time. Yes, it definitely has. It definitely has been. A couple other things to point out, as we get mentioned, uh, what an exciting um, game it was between the Giants and the Vikings. Two probably overperforming teams this year, and everything. Um, two teams that have uh, have gotten to know one point, uh, one score games all throughout this year. The Vikings continue to be undefeated. At, I think it's eleven or twelve and zero. It's a, t- a time I think the most in NFL uh, history. Uh, with with the amount of one score games as they do kick a sixty it was like a sixty yarder um, to win that game uh, Justin Jefferson pass passes Randy Moss for single season receiving yards I think he needs just over two hundred in two games to break the NFL record now if he does that and it's set in what was a seventeen game season that's going to be very impressive of course uh, but uh, both both of these teams, you know, Giants do get into the playoffs this week with a victory. Um, and they do play the Colts. So the uh, their uh, their fate is going to be decided into their hands. Um, any other teams that you want to wrap um, to recap over next last week? Mm. Oh, uh, I do want to give a uh, a nod, not for any particular, you know, not th- not that the game was very good. The uh, Tampa Bay and Arizona game, ugly. Mark, it was ugly, but it also marks the confirmed end of an era that was jj watt's last home game yes it is that was one of the news that was one of the news that came out i believe this morning um i was kind of i was a little bit surprised and everything um but uh definitely given his hit given the family and everything complete uh i know his wife and him had a lot of complications during birth and everything so it made sense for him to uh retire after this year um, Eric, that was an yeah. ugly game. Um, he's also had you know? some major issues. Like he's got a bad hip. He's yeah. hurt his Achilles multiple times. He has a he has something with his neck, also. So JJ Watt, it's like, hey man, it's probably time. Yeah, walk away um, while you can walk. Our- no, I completely agree. I mean, look what Andrew Luck did and everything. You know, he seems, you know, he knew his body was banged up. Um, a lot of fans criticized the move, but I think it was ultimately the right call for him, especially in a, especially in a contact, you know, especially for defensive lineman for J.J. Watt, especially, um, at least in that case, uh, it's a contact first position. 
um, it's good to go out probably a little bit earlier. Um, Andrew Luck was just beat up with um, his whole body and mind just couldn't take it anymore. So definitely understand that. Um, the game I do want to get to, which was a complete decimation, uh, was Panthers and Lions. Uh, the Lions was was really the hot, trendy team of almost the whole entire sports media on uh, the last few weeks, really the last month. And they laid a complete egg in Carolina. Carolina had um, you know, both Foreman and uh, Chubba Hubbard uh, really ran over both. This was never even a game. And now this sets up the Panthers for a gigantic game against the Buccaneers. So if they win out, they are the division winners. The Panther that was a strange game. But one thing that I really liked watching them do, Look at their their statistics for running the ball. Oh, they, they demolished three three hundred and twenty rushing yards. But in today's NFL, in today's NFL, but look at the split: Dante Foreman and Hubbard. I've always forget his first name. Both averaged over seven yards per play. Dante Foreman averaged seven point nine. Hubbard averaged ten and a half. That's insane. Lions run defense is really bad. That hasn't been exposed in recent weeks in our opinion. They got completely exposed in Carolina. And yeah. that's, a, that's a really – that is a really bad loss for them. Because um, now that does take them – and, and completely avoidable. Completely avoidable. Look at Jared Goff. He had 355 yeah. yards. He had a great game. Of course, no run game support. He was the leading rusher. But this was winnable for the Lions. This was yep. winnable, for, but when you give up, when whenever you have 381 total yards and almost 340 is passing, and then your defense gives up almost 600 yards, it, it, there's only so much that can happen there. I, I, I hated to see that happen. Um, I, I think Aaron Glenn is moving them in the right direction. Their second, just as I thought would happen, their secondary is full of playmakers. Their run defense is really bad. I mean, Aaron Glenn was – we knew what it was going to look like. Oh, exactly. Oh, exactly. Another big game, um, Chiefs beat the Seahawks. Chiefs uh, still have the inside pack to the Chiefs two-seed right now. They need some help uh, with the Buffalo Bills losing a game in order to keep uh, to get the first round by here. Uh, Eagles uh, and Cowboys is a really exciting game. Uh, no Jalen Hurts, but Gardner Minshew. Uh, Cowboys just have too much offensive firepower for the Eagles, who hand under a straight loss. Eagles are not a shoo-in uh, for the one seed. Um, if they do win this week, then they not only wrap up the NFC East, uh, but they do uh, win the uh, they do win the division. They do win the first round by and one number one seed overall. But now they're going to have to play this game. They're going to play the Saints, who still have a decent defense and. It's still up in the air if Hurts is going to play. And then next week they play the Giants, who might be battling for their playoff lives. So this is not a – it's not a – it's not a shooting yet for the Eagles as the one seed in the NFC, all thanks to Jalen Hurts' injury right now. No, yeah, and they were still – they were still functioning with Gardner Minshew in play. Let's, let's be real. It's not like they put Nick Foles out there. It's not like they put Mike Glennon out there. I mean, I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, I mean uh, let's be honest. Uh, 
Benedict Benedict of uh, the uh, Eagles, uh, who was the Eagles quarterback for the Colts, uh, went very limp at, uh, last week uh, in that embarrassing game uh, for the Colts. I mean, they were terrible against the Chargers on Monday Night, on, uh, Monday Night Football, and his, his career is done. That team is done. Uh, but yeah, the, I and I'm not sold on the Cowboys either. Either, uh, either. everyone's talked about their defense. They struggled. They have, they have looked really bad this month. Yeah, it's like you you okay. So you lose to Houston because of really bad play calling, and their only offensive threat was hurt and off the field. Houston has no one on offense outside of Damian Pierce at the skill positions. There's no one else. Brandon Cooks is hurt. All these guys are hurt. And it took that and bad play calling on the last drive for you to win. And then you struggle against a backup quarterback in Gardner Minshew, a good backup quarterback, but he's a backup quarterback. Yep. So for yep. all, all these weed in boys and, you know, boys are back, no, you're not. They're going to be a first round exit. I have no faith in the Cowboys whatsoever. Yeah, I have no faith in the Cowboys either. Um, there was a gigantic game on Christmas Day, which was the first game of the day. Um, my Packers um, got outplayed by Miami, um, but they um, came. They came back um, from uh, 13 down. Uh, they, actually, I think it was more than 13 down. Um, they shut off the they shut off the Dolphins' explosive offense in the second half, and the Packers scored 16 unanswered to win that game, 26 to 20. That's a big game for both of these teams. Yes, Packers. If, Packers, if they went out, all they need is the is the commanders from Washington to lose one more game. And remember, they don't have it. They don't have it. They play a Browns team that can be tricky. And if they, if Chubb gets going, that's going to be, that's going to be a very tough matchup for them. And now Wentz is the quarterback. Who knows what's going to happen. And they also play the Cowboys next week, um, which depending on what the Eagles do could matter. And, and the Cowboys probably want to eliminate their rival. Also, Packers, you know, Packers have a big game, um, against uh, the Vikings, which we'll get to later. Um, but uh, it's perseverance. Uh, apparently, two of did play, uh, get injured um, with a concussion um, and was still in the game. I don't know how much of that is true. Um, I don't know if it's been. It, I don't know. I mean, it's obviously a big concern if you're a Dolphins fan or anything. I don't know if it's an excuse as well. I mean, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill are the real deal, but uh, two of them has played really bad over the last, um, really the last month. And he threw three really costly interceptions to help seal the Packers that game. And now the Dolphins are what they were a for sure playoff pick a few weeks ago. Now they're almost on the outside looking in. So they are doing right now what I thought they would do all year. Mm-hmm. To their credit, they did surprise me. I didn't think they would be as competitive early on. But this is what I kind of expected them to do. Some of it's Tua. There's an absence of a run game. And there's just some weird play calling. And whenever a, whenever a big aspect is, okay, like whenever we watched them play the Bills, I, I believe it was Thursday night. Or was the – what team was it? It was the Bills. Yeah, I mean, they played, they, they played a great game against the Bills two weeks ago. No, whenever you and I covered them. What game was that? What the Bills? We we watched against the Pat. I mean, we watched. No, we watched, no, no. Uh, the Dolphins against the Char. The Dolphins against the Chargers. That's what it was. That's what it was. And they looked awful. They looked awful. They looked be- awful because a big part of their offense is okay. We got to get Tyreek Hill to tear the lid off 
twice a game for a 40-plus yard touchdown or a 40-plus yard play, and that hasn't happened. It hasn't happened these last few games. So when he doesn't do that, as talented as Waddle is, it doesn't open things up for Waddle. It doesn't open things up for the run game because you're having to focus so many guys on these two dynamic receivers. So you kind of get stagnant, and that's the thing with Mike McDaniel. He hasn't adjusted very well to that. Yeah. And you can it's call rookie, him an off-chair it's quarterback. Rookie co- it's a rookie head coach right now. So. Yeah, it's he's, he's doing a very stubborn thing, and – that these play calling head coaches tend to do. I'm sticking to my guns. It worked once. It'll work again. Here's the thing though. It hasn't worked in a while. Move on from it. Stop doing it. You're not beating these guys deep. You you need to change something up. And he's just not doing that. So I kind of blame, I blame all parties on that. So I do want to get to a few um, current events um, as uh, we are now, uh, a little bit in through the program. I do. We do. We are. De- we're covering. We're going to be covering the national football playoff and other and the other bowl games. As uh, the next show won't be until next week. So something that we are 100% going to want to cover. But I do want to get to some current events in the NFL for at least the next few minutes. Um, here. Um, big one of news. A couple of news uh, keys today. Obviously, um, Tua has that concussion. Teddy Bridgewater is expecting to start for the Dolphins this week. Um, going off to the Dolphins, that's a big – that uh, Teddy Bridgewater, they can only go so far with him. Um, another key, uh, key piece that I find very interesting, uh, Derek Carr has been for the last two games. Jared Stidham's going to be the quarterback for, for the uh, Oakland Raiders, who have a very, very, very slim shot at making the playoffs, but it's very interesting. And our quarterback benching, of course, is uh, Hank Bia's bench, as you uh, saw this past weekend. And now you have Carson Wentz uh, is now the starter. Uh, for the commanders. As cool as the Heineke story is, ever since he came back into the starting line, he has not gone above 32nd among starting quarterbacks. So think about all these quarterbacks that have had struggles this year that people are kind of like, what the hell is going on? Like Andy Dalton, he's struggled. Doesn't have a lot of weapons, but he struggled. Justin Fields, Davis Mills, uh, Malik Willis. Uh, let's see, what's, in the, what's another good one? Uh, Zach Wilson, all these guys that have struggled. And Heineke's ranked behind all of them, according to Pro Football Focus and ESPN. There's a reason for that. There's a reason for it. The Derek Carr thing, I have no idea what they're doing. I, I really don't. I, I, as much as I liked Jared Stidham coming out of college, I never thought he would be um, a franchise guy. I just think he was a safe pick for a backup quarterback. And that's about, yes, that's, that's about all I can say about him. I've watched him at every place he's gone. And it's he's there, but yeah the the Taylor Heineke experiment in Washington should probably be over. I expect him to be in the market for a quarterback this off season. Oh, definitely. He promised there's not really a market outside Lamar. Um, well, I think they're going to draft one. Yeah, they're probably, they probably, I, I expect them to trade. I do expect them to trade up. Um, they're either yeah. going to go for. I could see him trading for Lamar because they have the cap. Well, they, Lamar's a free agent. Yeah, they could they could give him a big contract. They could get Daniel Jones because I don't think he's gotten his fifth year option yet. Nope, not yet. They could trade up and draft. There's a few options, but both Derek, guys that they there's have Derek, used, there's Derek, Derek Carr. Too. Derek Carr, he's going to be a free agent. Um, there there are guys that 
there's a few guys that are going to be out there that I could see them going for, but that has that's a decent roster. It's a it's a decent enough roster. They just don't have they just don't have the firepower. Three solid receivers, a decent offensive line, an emerging running game. Um, actually, Mike Florio, who I absolutely can't stand it or anything, mentioned a really good point on uh, his uh, on his website or uh, his YouTube channel the other day. Um, he sees uh, Tom Brady going there for one year. I don't, I don't see it happening because they have the infrastructure. I don't, I don't see it either. But it puts them in a win now scenario. Yeah, you have this all-time great for the last year. If he does play, it would only it would probably be his last year. And let's see what you can do with it. But I, I just I, I don't I think that'd be a smart move. I don't see I don't see it either. Or or the Commanders trade for a quarterback. Uh, but they're gonna have to real. I mean, they're gonna have to really pay for. They're gonna have to give up a lot of picks. I mean, it's just been, it's. We'll talk about that obviously in the off season going uh, going forward. Let's get to Sloan to college. This is the week for college. Two of our favorite uh, colleges are playing right now in Arkansas and Kansas. Kansas, Kansas, great job for making a bowl game, but they're going to be losing that one. Um, Any bowl games outside of the the New Year's Six and the um, the college football player who are looking forward to this weekend? Uh, This week. To to be honest with you – the only other one that I was looking forward to was the UH and Lafayette game. Uh, that's kind of turned into, you know, I mean, it, it was a pretty boring game, pretty ugly game. Yep. The, the, it's, it hasn't been a terrible bowl season. It hasn't been my favorite exactly. No, it hasn't been. But I've been, with this year, I, I picked one team to follow very closely outside of my favorite two. Of course, favorite two being UT and UH. Uh, I've been following Michigan all year. I yeah. thought they, I thought they had a really good system in place. I thought they had, they have a solid enough college quarterback. I thought, I think their defense is phenomenal. I think the way they play is really fun to watch. I've been looking forward to this game all year. But I said, I just said before too for me. Um, I like the South Carolina team. I think this program's up and coming. Or I think they're going to be facing uh, facing up against that Notre Dame squad that looked completely lost um, early on in September and everything. Those are two programs that have really good stories. Let's do expect a close name for those for those as well. So let's get into the college football playoff since this is going to be on New Year's Eve on Saturday. Um, after this, we'll be talking about the, uh, a very. We'll just do quick predictions for the New Year Six here. Um, but first game of the day is going to be TCU and Michigan. Um, that's the team that your uh, Michigan's been a. Um, it's I mean it's not big. It's not even a Big Twelve champions. It's an at large bid for the TCU Horn Frauds at twelve and one. Going up against the Big Ten champions who are undefeated with the Michigan Wolverines. Michigan is an eight point favorite in a state. 58 and a half is going to be the over under. When we take a look at the stats, yeah, the 21st ranked TCU offense averaging about 486 yards a game, going up against that mid 10th ranked Michigan defense allowing 295 yards a game. Um, really, um, this is going to be a big. This, you know, Michigan does have a weaker pass defense, but their rush defense is fourth in the country. At 85, at 85, averaging 85 points a game. To me, it's going to be how TCU 
Um, so for example, Frank Mission and offense, which who uh, do rush really, who do run the football very well, um, going up against that TCU defense, which which is uh, a little bit uh, their defense is not as good. No, and then Michigan's got that backfield that's just so crazy. I mean, even, even their even their second and third guys can bust off big runs. I would say take the over. Um, I got Michigan. Well, they were favored by eight, and I would probably have them going by at least twelve. Yeah. So, uh, and by the way, Blake Coron uh, will not be. Um, uh, uh, it, when we first talked about um, these games and everything, Boycom actually is going, went, underwent season-ending uh, knee surgery. So he, the top back for Michigan, who was almost the highest candidate, will be out of this game, which is gigantic for them here. Um, I am going to go with Michigan. I think they, I think they are the only team that can possibly beat Georgia. I still have my doubts because I think Georgia is far and away the best team in the country right now. Um, but I think this is a tough matchup. I think TCU would have actually faced would have been better off by playing against um, Georgia. Um, the mission to me, this is a bad matchup. I do like Michigan here, and I like them by fourteen. Yeah, I, I think it, it it has potential to get really, really ugly, really, really fast. So we go to the other game at eight o'clock. This is the Fiesta. This is so that was the Fiesta Bowl out in uh, Glendale, Arizona. This is going to be the Peach Bowl in Atlanta, Georgia, where Georgia is going to be playing almost a de facto home game, only a couple, uh, like an hour or two from Athens. Um, they're going to be hosting Ohio State, um, who snuck in uh, to the college football playoff. Ohio State has that offense, um, their 13th, but these are two explosive offenses, 13th and 14th in the country. You might not think Georgia has the offense, but they did this year. Um, but set, Ohio State is second in the country in points, averaging 44 and a half. Um, defensively, these are two solid teams, 21st versus 14th. But the Georgia defense is the first in the country in rushing yards a game. They allow under 77 yards a game, which is just, which is just dominant. Um, yeah. I think – so Georgia – so it's 11-1 Ohio State. The only loss, of course, is to the Michigan State uh, – Michigan Wolverines. Um, that happened uh, in November. And Georgia has looked up and down over the last month of the season, but they have been really, uh, you know, they are still, um, you know, one or two only undefeated teams left. Um, Georgia is a seven-point favorite. The over-under in this game is going to be 62 points. I am still going to go with my gut in Georgia, but I do like them in the closer game than people think. I do have them by four. For some reason, I have a feeling that Ohio State's going to be competitive in this game because this is what they do when they go under the radar. Georgia is about to roll Ohio State. The fact that it's a seven-point spread, that's bullshit. They're lying so that people will tune into this. Mm-hmm. If there's any Ohio State fans that listen to this or are going to listen to this, your team is about to get rolled up. You have no chance. You're about to get embarrassed. Georgia by 21. <laughs> you see, I am pick, that's why I'm picking a close team because it's almost a reverse type psychology because of how much I hate um, the Scarlet and Gray of Ohio State. I cannot stand at hate school. Worst fan, one, top, top, easily top three, maybe uh, easily top five worst fan bases in sports regardless of who you root for. They are awful, awful. They're dedicated, but they're awful. Um, 
Really quickly, um, as we do, we're roughly halfway through our program. Let's talk about the New Year's Six um, games um, here, which are kind of a little bit spread out. Um, just give me your quick predictions here. So Tennessee is uh, playing is playing uh, Clemson. Um, I don't trust that Tennessee defense at all. Uh, I don't trust the Clemson offense at all. So this is kind of an interesting matchup. It is a very interesting matchup. I, I am going to go with Tennessee, though. I think they have the better team. Yeah, I, I'm going to. I know he. I know he. You know, is going to be out. Um, it has the torn ACL. He's going to be out for the year and everything. I still think they can put up some points. I do not. I think Clemson got um, had their whole moral um, completely blown. Uh, from that South Carolina game, um, they could be they could show up angry in this bowl game. I don't think there's any incentive for them. I think Tennessee is a better team. I trust the SEC in this matchup. I'm going to go with Tennessee by ten points. Yeah, I'm going to pick Tennessee, but I'm going to pick them by eight. Alabama and Kansas State, who are the Big uh, Ten champions. Alabama was the last team out of the college football playoff. They are a five-and-a-half-point favorite against Tennessee in the season Superdome in the Super Bowl. Um, all the metrics point to Alabama um, being the overwhelming favorite here, and I expect them to roll here um, in this matchup. I think this is a bad matchup for Kansas State, um, and I think this is an angry Alabama team. I have Alabama by 17. I got Alabama by 20. I think they're pretty salty about not getting in. I think they're going to I think it's going to get ugly. I think it's, I, I have to agree with you. I think this is a really bad, I think that's a really bad matchup for them here. Penn State and Ohio and Utah are in the Rose Bowl. Uh, these are two somewhat defensive teams, uh, which is going to be exciting to see. Utah is a two and a half point favorite. Um, their offense actually has been really decent over the last few weeks and everything. I'm going to go with Utah. I don't trust Penn State enough. I don't trust James Franklin in big games. Yeah, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to go with Utah here. I, I liked what they did against USC, mm-hmm. and I think they're about to do that again. They're a free loss team, but, but they're eight in a, they're eighth in the country. But they've had some really tough losses. But this is a team that played really well down the stretch. Um, so I am going to go with an experienced Utah team over Penn State here. Tulane against USC, 16 versus 10, the out, the non-Power 5, or whatever you want to call it, in Tulane, the Green Wave, going against USC at the Cotton Bowl in AT&T Stadium in Texas. One and a half points uh, is the favorite just for the Trojans. 62 and a half is the spread. 10, the Green Wave pull off the upset over the fifth-ranked offense in the country with the USC Trojans. Yes, they will. I really agree with you here. I think I like to aim by a field goal. Um, their secondary is very good. Uh, I know they haven't faced an offense like this in USC. I think uh, USC just has a lot of problems in their secondary um, and their defense. Um, I mean, they're 212 in the country in defense. Um, this is a Lincoln Riley trans, uh, transition year. So I'm expecting um, to aim. Uh, I, 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 I just don't think. I, I think they're in, they're in for a letdown after uh, a really disappointing game, of course, um, in the Pac-12 championship against Utah. They would have been the four seed. It would have been an easy, easy in. Actually, it could have been a free seed, potentially. Uh, but they uh, they blew it. Yeah, they did. They really they, did. They really did blow it there. 
So let's. I talk. think Tulane cares about it more. Yeah, never always trust the care aspect because bowl games you can get you can care you don't need to care with one yeah. especially big schools that just are collecting a paycheck. Um, I think that's right. what USC is um, here. Yeah, at this um, point, a lot of guys are sitting. A lot of guys are like, whatever. I'm looking forward to playing on Sundays, anyways. Or they're looking, you know, to their next power five to transfer to. A lot of these two lane guys, the harsh reality is not a lot of them are going to play again. Some of these guys, this is their last Division One game. They're not about to go out and just lay an egg against a team who was handed a lot of praise and handed a good bowl game just because they're in L.A. I think Tulane's a scrappier team. I think they're the better. They might not be the better team on paper. They're, I mean, they're probably not, but they definitely want this more. Oh, they, no question. They definitely want it more. So we enter in the second half of our program, and we are going to be talking about our NFL picks for what used to be the last week in the NFL until they added that 18th day last year, but it's week 17, so I'm Ooh, and we're going to get a full slate of games, of course. Now we enter in the extremely meaningful games. Um, Cowboys are going to need to win in order to have a chance at that at the NFC uh, East title here. Uh, they go to Tennessee in Nashville, uh, where uh, there's not going to be there's not going to be Derrick Henry. Ooh. Yep, Derrick Henry has been ruled out of that game tomorrow night. Which is just gigantic. Which is a for the Titans. Um, actually, that's gonna um, that's gonna really hurt them in a backdoor for a wild card hopes and everything. But he is in he is indeed out. And actually, I just saw something. Hang on here. So and ruled out for so these are the following players that so Henry was doubtful. He looks like he is not going to be playing. Slightly playing. But the priest Cowboys are a 12 and a half point favorite. Um, they're 11 and 4 going up against the 7 and 6 Titans, the 7 and 8 Titans, who are just reeling, of course. 39 and a half, uh, not 39 and a half, um, is the over under, which is really well. So it's going to be Malik Willis. Um, I have it all Cowboys in this matchup. I don't see the Titans winning this game at all with Malik Willis as quarterback. No, I have Cowboys from start to finish. They're going to outplay, outcoach, out everything. The Titans. I, I, I don't get the Titans. I think they'll – I don't think they're going to lay a goose egg, but this is going to be one of those ugly games where, you know, you see like a, you see like nine points up there. Like they hit three field goals just so they didn't get blanked. But I have them getting – and I have them getting rolled by a lot. I think this is going to be a really ugly game. Yeah, I do not. Uh, I don't think this is going to be very. It's going to be very pretty. I think Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit are in for another um, very bad Thursday night football. And Jeff You'll Bezos see Cooper Rush play a while. good bit. <laughs> we can. Need to win this game uh, just to avoid. I put a little bit of pressure on the Eagles, of course. Sorry about that. All right, and then um, so one thing I do want to bring up. So next game, 
uh, we have to talk about this one is going to be the Colts and the Giants. Um, so the Giants are doing uh, the Colts. I don't know if they bring out uh, Nick Foles for this game. He could reunite um, his power against the Giants. Giants, this is a very meaningful game for them. If they win this game, they are in the playoffs. Um, Colts are 4 10 and 1. What a disappointing season for them. Giants are a six point favorite at 8 6 and 1. They are, it's over under is at paltry 38 and a half points. Giants do win with a win. They do get in with a win. They also get in with a Seattle loss, Washington loss, or a combination of a Washington loss, Detroit loss, and a Packers loss. Yeah. I don't get into the tie center either because that's way too much. So there's multiple ways that the Giants can clinch just this week. And then they can rest up their starters and, of course, and everything, um, as well as put, uh, keep playing for a better uh, – to keep a hang on to that sixth seed. Uh, do we give the Colts a shot in this game? Uh, no. The over-under is 38, and I think the Giants are probably going to score at least 30 of that. Uh-huh. I, I just I – see, I see another blowout, another embarrassing – Giants Colts has trouble running. storing Gi- – Giants has a tough time storing eight, uh, 20 points in, in every game this year. They really – their offense is not very sexy and everything. This is a game that Saquon Barkley uh, is going to be salvating over. Um, Colts' defense is still decent, Colts, and everything. But Daniel Jones really played a solid game against the Vikings. Um, the Giants just made a lot of uncharacteristic um, mistakes to lose that game in Minnesota. Um, but I think this game screams um, staff buildup. Um, and, uh, you know, if the Giants lose this matchup, uh, they're, in a, they're in a very dangerous position next week. Um, so I think they win. They get into the playoffs here. And I think they will win. I'm gonna say by twenty. Yeah, I think the Colts are done. Oh, definitely. So that's uh, next time we go to the Saints and the Eagles. Saints are so the Eagles are a six point favorite. It's still up in the air, but it looks like from the early indications that Jalen Hurts will be. Um, he has he did not practice and. Um, Wayne Johnson's also going to be out for the regular season. He could return for the playoffs, but it looks like um, Jalen Hurts may or may not be pray, playing this week. Um, so that gives the Saints a shot um, who still have a chance for the division. It's a really outside shot, uh, but Eels are a six-point favorite. 43 and a half is going to be the point spread and everything. All of the stats um, say that the Eagles are the far better team. Um, your thoughts on this game, Sean? I'm going to have to roll with the Eagles on this one, to be honest with you. I think they're just a much better team on paper. Um, they're at home in Philly. They win this game. They can rest their starters next week. Um, but then that also, that gives them a two-week buffer, uh, which is a very dangerous time to take off. Um, so keep that in mind, folks, and everything. Um, actually, I, I think if they win the same, I think if Jalen Hurts is available, I think he does start in Week 18, um, just to give their offense just a little bit of help, uh, because you do not want to be that rusty entering the playoffs, which a lot of these one seeds in recent years get rusty. Yeah. Bears and Lions. This is a big game for the Lions. They need to win. They look like they're going to need to win in order to keep pace uh, in the NFC. The Bears are uh, 
you know, your, if your Texans win our game, um, the Bears and the Nets in line to get the one seed. So that's a battle for the top um, number one seed in the draft. Bears are three and 12. Lions are seven and eight. This game is going to be played in Detroit. Lions are a six point favorite, 52 points. Uh, 52 points is going to be the over under. Lions have been very good. It's supposed to be at home this year. Even though they have a four and four record, but their offense has been really good um, at home. But you're going up against this number one ranked rushing attack of the Bears. And I am going to predict an upset here. I like the Bears by three points. I think they're going to have a very tough time to contain Justin Fields and Dave Herbert and Montgomery. I think this is a nice matchup for the Bears, who squeaked one out at Ford Field. And the Lions are the Lions. I have the utmost faith in the Lions to close out the year. I, I don't think Dan Campbell's going to let them slack off in this game. I think they're going to get a ton of yards put up on them on the ground again because the Bears are a pretty solid running team. But I have the I I still have the Lions winning this by a field goal. Yeah, it's going to be a close. It's going to be a closer game than people think. No, definitely. Um, so let's get to uh, a couple more of these unme- more unmeaningful. Let's go with a more unmeaningful game. Let's go with the most meaningless game of the after- of the early afternoon with the Cardinals and Falcons. Um, looks like it's either going to be Colt McCoy or um, or Trace Missouri for the Cardinals. Uh, Lions are still trotting out Desmond Ritter. This is a 42 is the over-under, which might be too much points or too many points here. Cardinals are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I like the Cardinals in this matchup. Yeah, I, I'm gonna roll with the I'm gonna roll with the Falcons on this one. As as ugly as Ritter has been the last two games, he did show improvement in that last one. Uh, I think, and I think the Cardinals are floundering. Trevor Mc, or McSorley, whatever his name is, he's ass. I don't Trace think he's McSorley. Trace McSorley. He hey, he's a Penn State legend, though. He was great in college. Great in th- college. I think he was drafted with the belief that they would have another Taysom Hill or Jeff yep. Driscoll kind of guy. And no one seems to have tried to use him that way. So no, I, th- I agree. yeah, I, I think that I think the Falcons squeak away a win. He showed some flashes against the Buccaneers, but I mean, they clearly don't have. I mean, clearly they're a much better team with Kyler Murray. It does, it's not even close. Broncos and Chiefs uh, at Arrowhead. Now the Broncos uh, without Nathaniel Hackett. Um, Chiefs have been known to play down to their competition all year. Twelve and a half point favorite is the spread. With the over/under as 45, I, I expect the Chiefs to win this game. I think this is going to be a close game for three quarters for some reason. Because the, the Broncos' defense is good. I mean, they're ex, they are a really good defense, uh, but I do think Mahomes and company do get it done um, at home, of course. Yeah, I'm going to have to roll with uh, Chiefs on this one. Big game with your boys. Let's talk about your boys. They host the Jacksonville Jaguars. And what is a meaningful game somehow for both of these teams in very opposite ways? Not really so much for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but they're going to need to win in order to have a wild card chance. Um, their over-under is 45, and uh, they are a four-and-a-half-point favorite, uh, with the over-under is going to be 43-and-a-half. Uh, if your Texans have in order to clinch the one seed, do your Texans blow that shot? Probably, yeah. <laughs> you think they're going to upset the Jaguars? 
I think they're either going to upset the Jags or they're going to beat the Colts next week. So, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm going to go ahead and roll with them. They we've beaten Jacksonville nine times in a row. We're going to make it ten. Uh, we always play them tough. And Trevor Lawrence's worst games as a starting quarterback have been against Lovey Smith's defense. Mm-hmm. Jaguars so, five three for me. I'm going to go Texans by seven. Beautiful. We go next one o'clock game. Let's start. Browns and Commanders. The Commanders are two point favorite. Forty and a half is the over under. Uh, Browns are eliminated from the playoff contention with the Commanders. Um, still have an inside track. If they win out, they are in. 7-7-1 seven, seven, is the Commanders record. Of course, Hearts and Wentz is going to be um, is going to be the starter here. Um, Deshaun Watson is, of course, a quarterback who has not looked very good, but the Browns do have that rushing attack. Their defense isn't as good, but they do have a decent secondary here. I am going to go with an upset here. I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns. I like that run. I do like that run game. I don't trust – I just don't trust Washington at this point. I don't like Carson Wentz. I don't like Carson Wentz either, but Deshaun Watson's looked like ass this year. And I think I'm going to have to go with – Someone who didn't look great, but didn't look as horrible as I've seen Deshaun Watson play. I'm, I'm going to go with the Commanders here. Okay, perfect. All right, let's sit to another. We have, uh, we, we have two more uh, one o'clock games. We're going to start with the. Um, actually, this is a. Uh, this is almost. This is almost. This is a de facto playoff game in a way. Dolphins and Patriots, AFC East rivalry. Eight and seven Dolphins going up against the seven eight Patriots. Patriots are three-point favorite in the same offense to now today. Bridgewater being the quarterback, uh, forty-one and a half is going to be over under that explosive Dolphins offense. Um, their defense is uh, going up against that Patriots opportunistic defense. Of course, this game's going to be played in Foxborough, where it will uh, I think they're expecting some rain, but it will be quite warm up here this weekend. Larry Payne, I am going to go with the Patriots here. I like that defense. I like the Patriots in this one. I, I think it's over for the Dolphins. Yeah, I I I have a lot. Uh, Dolphins are entering that game um, with a very they're in a very precarious position. Dolphins do clinch the playoffs with a win this weekend, as well as a New York Jets loss. I don't think it's going to happen, but we have of course seen crazier things happen. Of course, then um, we. I do. I do think the Dolphins. I do think the Patriots. Or just a more viable team, better coach team, of course, for obvious reasons. Final game of the one o'clock window is the Panthers and the Buccaneers. Big game for both of these. Buccaneers win this game. They you they are your NFC South champions. But if they lose this game, they no longer have that control. They really don't have a lot anymore of that control. They'll be in the Panthers' control. Pan- Buccaneers are a three-point favorite, forty and a half. Is your spread six and nine Panthers, seven and eight Buccaneers. Both of these teams, uh, Panthers obviously with that uh, tenth rank rushing attack. Um, Buccaneers have a fourth rank passing attack, even though it really hasn't been great all in the last few weeks here. Tampa Bay still has the better defense um, on paper here. Um, what are your thoughts on this game? Um, I think the Panthers have played pretty well. Ever since Sam Darnold stepped into the starting role, 
They don't rely too much on the passing game. He does just enough. Does He hasn't thrown an interception. I don't think he's had a turnover, which is new for Sam Darnold because that was his big thing coming out of college. He can put up the yards. He'll throw some picks while he's doing it. He has not done that. And he's made some pretty big plays. you got to remember, he's got a pretty big arm. He's able to do some pretty crazy throws that he's just not given credit for. And when I look at Tampa Bay, I see a struggling, old, broken team with a divorced, lonely, angry Tom Brady with no talent around him for the first time in his career. I have the Panthers by 10. And I, and I think they bust off another big game on the ground. The media is going to want to pick Brady for obvious reasons. Right. This Buccaneers team, every, you know, I know they're off, they've lost a couple offensive linemen. Tristan Wirfs is playing injured. The, he, they, that offense has not played well this year, despite some of the numbers they have not, you know, they have to rely more on the ground game, which really hasn't, um, which really, you know, it looked good last week because they're playing off against a weak Cardinals defense. This is a team that has looked really bad when they, when their offense is struggling, they look really bad. I think when you, I think something that you can say about the Buccaneers, I don't think the most disappointing unit is Tom Brady in the offense. I think the most disappointing unit this year is the defense of the Buccaneers. Because, you know, remember, the Buccaneers had far and away the best run defense in the league last year. They're now down to 17th. That's a big drop. You don't expect a run defense to drop off like that. And they don't really have a lot of injuries on that side of the ball. They really don't. Um, for a lot because remember, early on in October, late October, in Carolina, Panthers won with P.J. Walker, and they held the Buccaneers to three points. Yeah. I think this is going to be a much closer game than that. I have the Carolina Panthers being Tom Brady and the Buccaneers 17 to 14. And a very sluggish game. But I think the Brady over, I think Tom Bowles is you know, very much the hot seat after this game. If he, I mean, he's, his seat's already hot. But Expect I expect a um, I expect a shocker for the media, but not within the football court. The four o'clock window. Let's set the most let's set one of the most meaningless teams out of the window. Rams Chargers. Both these teams have absolutely nothing to play for. Um, Actually, I think Chargers clinched the playoff spot already. It's just all about – it's going to be all about seeing with them. They can possibly climb out to the top wild card seed, um, but it looks like they're going to be slotting it into that middle spot right now. Um, team that has been playing well over the last few weeks are finally starting to end healthy um, with the Chargers. Rams, of course, coming off that explosive game um, against um, the Char- – the Rams are a six-and-a-half-point favorite. And any reason behind that? I, you said the Rams are six and you said they're six and a half point favorites. I gotta check on that. That does not sound right to me. Hang on here. If the Rams are six and a half point favorite, I'm about to bet almost a house on the um 
I'm gonna bet my house on the freaking uh, Chargers here to cover. Hang on here. Uh, yeah, that I would. I would go the other way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a mis it's a misreport on the app. The Chargers are a six and a half point favorite. Thank that you makes more app. sense. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what? Um, that being said, uh, I love, I love the char- I love the char- I like, I think the Chargers are going to continue to roll. Uh, yeah, they I think both, they roll big time here. I think they're look. I think they are looking like they're looking like a very dangerous team right now. Um, they made their first playoff appearance, and there's just nothing to do. Baker Mayfield right now is a really good story with how he's turned around. He might he might have he might win the starting job there in LA next year. Uh, or he might get a starting job elsewhere, um, which is great for him. Yeah, but, I think he'll. I, I honestly think he'll stay there. I've heard of. Um, I've heard of other teams making moves for him, but I would stay in LA. That's where he would want to be. He has an LA personality. Yes, he does. Forty ers and the Raiders. Um, bigger game. Big game for the Forty ers as uh, they already won the uh, division, of course, and everything. But they're looking to possibly sneak up to the two seat. Uh, with a loss by the Vikings, um, but they still have a very outside shot of the one seed, believe it or not. Um, you know, the Raiders need all the dominoes and really a miracle to stay alive in the playoff spot. I don't think they're going to. We're going to our 10-point favorite in Vegas. This is going to be filled with 40 It's going to be – it might be silver. It might be silver and black country there now, but it's going to be red and gold. And I have the 49ers here. Big with Jared Stidham, my quarterback. I have him by twenty-seven. Yeah, I, I see blowout written all over this thing. The Raiders don't have that good of a defense. Uh, I don't know what Josh Jacobs we're going to get. I don't really have a lot of faith in Jared Stidham either against arguably the top defense in the league. So yeah, I, I'm with you. This is going this this should get ugly pretty quick. I com- I completely agree. I don't see it being competitive in any at any point in the game. No, I, I don't either. I'll be shocked if it's competitive. I will be shocked. Now we get to the two most important games, probably of the week. People are going to say the Monday Night Football. Uh, now we get to the four four really good games uh, to wrap this show up. Let's start with a really good one. Uh, this is a gigantic game uh, for both of these teams. The New York Jets are going to be taking on the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. Mike White is, is has been cleared to play. He is expected to start for the New York Jets, who did make Zach Wilson inactive. Seahawks have been really struggling of weight. Team that just has lost a lot of its glow. Um, they are one. They've lost three in a row. They're one and five. They're one and four in their last games. Both of these teams are one and five. Uh, one and four in their last five. Uh, Jets, of course, do have that defense. Rely heavily on the ground to win. I don't trust the Seattle defense. I, I know this game's in Seattle. They need to win this game in order to even have a shot next week. Uh, Jets are eliminated with a loss. I like the New York Jets here in this game, um, especially if, if Mike White is a quarterback. I trust Mike White to lead the Jets here. Yeah, i got to go with the Jets as well. I mean, he's shown that he is the better quarterback in that room, and they're just they're, they play better with him in there. Mm-hmm. Agreed, and I and we saw enough of the Jets last week when we we were covering that game. I like, I still like parts. I mean, that defense is full. There's some good pieces on that defense. 
their offense just gave them nothing. But there's some there's a lot of things to like about that Jets team going forward. They're, they definitely it's a bright future for them. Yes, definitely. So then, game of the four o'clock window. It's going to be almost on every single TV. Vikings and the Packers. Uh, this game is going to be played at Lambeau. Packers are actually a three-point favorite against the Minnesota Vikings. 48-and-a-half is going to be the over-under. Uh, Vikings, of course, are the one-score um, affairs here with the you know, ninth-ranked pa- uh, Vikings offense versus the 15th-ranked Packers offense. Um, Vikings are almost dead last in NFL um, in total yards allowed at 31st. They're averaging 417 yards a game. Their defense, which is awful. That's really I, bad. Um, yeah, they're averaging 282 yards on the uh, through the air. Packers are, of course, um, they're the 15th ranked defense. They're the third best. Set. Their secondary is elite. Still, I know that they've had safety. They've had safety issues all year. 192 uh, yards allowed through the air, which is good in today's NFL. I have said this before. I said this again. I said the Packers won in Miami. I think they will make the playoffs. I think I, I have the Packers winning this game. In a close game, I have them winning by four. And what will be a 27-23 game? You know, I picked the Vikings in week one. And I'm going to pick the Vikings here again. I have a 27-24 game. It's going to be a one-store game. We all know it's going to be a one-store game. Yeah. The only one, one the only game of the 12 Viking victories this year that has not been a one-store game was that week one against the Packers. But this is a Packers team. Matt before is, uh, is 15-0 in his, in his few years as the Packers head coach in December. So they can go 16-0 with a victory this weekend. But I do have the Packers winning this game because I, I think the Vikings are due for a one-score letdown. You, if you, hey, Minnesota, I'm just going to say this. You might as well have it now versus the playoffs. Right. That's all I'm going to say about your precious team. Monday night, uh, Thursday night football. Steelers and the Ravens. I don't think Lamar is expected to play in this game still. Um, I know it's still very, very much. He's still he's still questionable. He's still questionable uh, with that knee injury. Um Two and a half point favorite are the Raven uh, are the Ravens. This is in Baltimore. Seven eight Steelers, ten and five Ravens. Ravens are going to need a victory here. Uh, if the Bengals win and Baltimore loses, the Bengals are your AFC North champions. Steelers with a victory are still alive for the playoffs, which is almost unthinkable a month ago. I think this. I think JJ Watt emerged. I think JJ Watt. JJ Watt. No player has has a defensive impact on a game right now in the league. Everyone says Mika Parsons. You are dead wrong. It is JJ Watt. I mean, it's not JJ Watt. It's TJ. It's TJ Watt. TJ Watt is the best defensive player in the league, along with Mika Fitzpatrick. Those are two game changers. I have the Steelers eking another close game out here on the road. Three point victory. Ugly defensive game. But if, Ty- if Tyler Hungry is a quarterback, I think the Steelers have a shot next week. Yeah, if Tyler Huntley does play, I think the Steelers are – it's an ugly game, but 
I think they edge it out. Kenny Pickett, I don't know if you and I have talked about this. He's five and five as a starter. Mm-hmm. He's not he's been playing better. Yeah. It's not his numbers are still ugly. He's throwing a lot of picks. You know, he is pick it. But you know, he's he's showing some grit out there. I mean, he's definitely a blue collar guy. But this, you know, the Steelers had a, you know, they shouldn't have won that game against the Raiders. I mean, it was a miracle. This team also played that Ravens team really closely um, a few weeks ago without Lamar Jackson. It was 16 to 14 in an ugly game. But for some reason, the, you know, whenever it, these teams never get swept in this rivalry annually, it's, they tend to always split these games. So that's why I'm going with the Steelers. Yeah. And I, I think it's a safer pick, and like like we said, if Lamar's not there, Ravens don't have a lot going for him. Yep, Ravens are Ravens are in trouble. Um, don't make the I mean, don't make the playoffs. Don't get me wrong, but they are in trouble. Um, and going into January here, of course. Then, of course, we have a beauty of a Monday Night Football game, Sloan, in the Bills and the Bengals. Which, yep, you want to talk about AFC Championship potentially game preview? Here is what we're looking at. If the Bills win and the Chiefs lose, the Bills twins home field advantage in that precious lone first round bye. Bengals win and the Baltimore Ravens lose, as I mentioned before. They are your AFC North champions. So both of these teams have a lot to play for. They both are going to need some help. Uh, both of these teams have, uh, have clinched their playoffs uh, ticket already. 12-3, Bills. 11-4, Bengals. Bills are just a one-point favorite in this game in Cincinnati. 49-and-a-half is going to be your point spread. And what is going to be a beauty between two potential MVP candidates and Josh Allen and, of course, Joe Burrow. Um, these are two top five offenses. These are two top ten defenses. Uh, so a lot to really love about and everything. Um this is a toss-up for me. But I am going to go with the Buffalo Bills because I like the defensive line against the Bengals offensive line. Bengals offensive line has been more impressive of late. Uh, I think the Bills just get this done. I think I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they're the hot team right now. Yeah, they are a hot, they are a hot team. Bengals really waited. They did not look good uh, late in that game against the Patriots. They really hung on uh, in that game um, to look, to um, hang on there and everything. But this is a team that this is a Bengals team that's won seven in a row. Um, so they are entering this stretch really, really hot, like you talked about. I think the Bills just get it done. I think there's too much talent there, but I I would not be surprised if both these te- uh, teams do, of course, meet up. Uh, in the uh, playoffs, uh, going for uh, you know coming up over the next few weeks, not at all. Um, so, no, I wouldn't be surprised either. So, real quick, any crazy predictions or bold hot takes for this NFL com- week coming up? Pat, so you cut out. What were you saying? Any bold predictions or hot takes coming up for this week um, seventeen? Ooh. Old predictions. I think the Giants win. I think the Giants drop thirty on that Colts defense, and I think sure. Kirk 
and I think Justin Jefferson breaks the receiving record. I think Justin Jefferson breaks. I think Justin Jefferson breaks the receiving record, but they lose the game, as I as I mentioned. And I am going to go with another hot take. And uh, hold on here. I am predicting that. I am predicting that Dak Prescott will only play the first quarter of that game tomorrow night. <laughs> For a multitude of reasons. I think it's going to be that ugly of a game tomorrow night. It's going to be, be bad of, quick. There's going to be a lot of ugly games this weekend, unfortunately. I think that there's going to be a lot of bad matchups, but there's a lot of good potential playoff matchups. This really does set up the uh, lead, of course, um, for next week and everything. This is the most exciting year. Uh, coming up. So uh, this is the most exciting uh, next two weeks of NFL action. Um, so uh, that's going to conclude this episode of the Third East uh, East podcast. Be sure to uh, follow us here as uh, we more have, uh, be looking forward to having everybody next time, of course. That'll be good. Awesome. Thank you so much.